Welcome to another edition of On the Table. I'm Representative Dan Miller. Tonight, today, I'm telling you, we, we got another special guest, and I'm very glad uh, to have with us. Uh, I'm not going to say who it is yet, but I, I'm, I'm glad. So we're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, Steph Hardman is with us, as always, the ED of the caucus. Steph, how are you? Uh, fantastic. Thank you for having me. Are you? Enjoy Are you fantastic? On. That's a big statement. A little bit today, yeah. All right, things are going well. Uh, on the table, we do a couple different versions of discussions. This one is our sort of better know A district, better know A district. And uh, uh, this one here is actually kind of close to home. And I'm so glad, as always, to talk with my friend, Representative Jess Benham. Her district is right next to mine. Uh, so we do have uh, not only some geography in common, but we tend to talk about a bunch of like similar issues. And I'm excited to get into some of that with her. Her district includes... Uh, Brentwood, Baldwin, Mount Oliver, Pittsburgh, basically everything sort of northeast of my district a little bit there. But Jess, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. And it's weird to think of my district in South Pittsburgh as being north. Yes, that's right. Well, we just look up to you. That's the, that's what we do. But we're so glad. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's kind of funny, too, because usually we have a map here in front of us. And I, I've had a couple of guests who are all the way on the east. And uh, so I'm kind of like interested to see. But so, Jess, your district, at least the current district, the one that will change officially, I guess, as of December 1st. But uh, your district, at, uh, we actually share Brookline together still at this point. We currently do. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? I, I don't want to ask questions because last time I asked questions. So we do a little game. All right. A little bit, a little game. And last <laughs> time, uh, I, who, who did I screw up? Schlossberg. Yeah. So we no, you didn't screw it up. You just guessed. I just, well, I sort of screwed it up because yeah. we talked for like an hour before we went to the game. Yes. So Rep Schlossberg uh, was very kind to, uh, to talk to me for quite some bit. And then we screwed up a game. But Steph has a game. Yeah. So tell us the game. So it's a good game. It's a, often used as a, um, an icebreaker. It's called Two Truths and a Lie. And so we give two truths and a lie about your district um, or you to Dan. And he has to guess the lie. Oh, okay. That's right. Okay. So you, now you're not supposed to help me. Okay. Okay. So you're not you're not supposed to help me. No nonverbal signals. Nothing. Nothing. No. Okay. No. 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 So we're just going to take a look. Now I want to. I no pressure here, but I, I am batting a, a thousand here. I've hit, right? Well, so, technically. Well, but look, we're not going to get into it. Okay. I've gotten everyone right. Okay. So let let's take a look. So no, our, it's more like a tie and a win. Look, you tied last week. No, look, it's okay. I it's think accurate. I think we won. All right. So um, all right. So go ahead. Give me the first one okay. about. Okay. Jess or her district? Let's see. Yes. Okay. So Rep. Benham earned her bachelor's in communication and political science from the University of Pittsburgh in 2012. That's the first thing. Okay. Okay. Political science. Well, you give me, see that this is very specific. So you got. And uni communication. Oh, wait, what wasn't it? It's double major. Double major. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So before we move on, I just want to say a couple things here. So you give me University of Pittsburgh, which I can believe, but are you telling me the date that it's the year is also part of this? Mm-hmm. This is specific. That's tough. 2012. Mm -hmm. And now, and I would say double major. That does sound like Jess, something she would do. Overachiever here. You know? Yes, mm -hmm. that's right. Mm -hmm. PhD, Jess. Yes. So, see? All right, number two. Okay. The Birmingham Bridge, located in the 36th Legislative District, was once featured in a TV show. Okay, the bridge, of course, TV show. Mm -hmm. Okay, now give me. You guys me got good bridges out there here. We got a lot of bridges. Mm -hmm. right. So many bridges. <laughs> All right, and give me number three. Okay. The 36th Legislative District is home to the trading facilities for both the Steelers and the Panthers. Steelers and the Panthers. Okay, all right, so let's take a look. Okay. So choice number one is double major, show-off, brain, super cool Jess with all her degrees in 2012. 
Number two is the bridge. Mm-hmm. Number three is the Steelers and the Panthers. Okay. Right. Now, I'm, no, all right, let me look at Jess. <laughs> You're trying to figure out how old you think I am. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. But I, I, I almost feel like you had like an important birthday or something not too long ago. Could have been, maybe. I can't you, help you. You know what's good too with Jess is her, Stop try- her left eyebrow. See that he does right there? It all the, yeah, but he does this all the time. He keeps talking no, in hopes that he... Look, her left eyebrow. But she could be just faking you out. No, I don't. She could be. I, but, you have to... I'm, Dan, I'm autistic. Mm-hmm. If I do a facial expression, it's on purpose. See, that's what I'm saying. You will get nothing yeah. from me that I do not intend for all you right. to get. That's, all right, that's, not, that's not helpful. Mm-hmm. All right, let, so let's think about it. Now, Steelers and Panthers, see, that's... That does make sense, though. That sounds like Southside. I just can't figure out how far down there that district goes. She's got to be close to it. You're looking for visual cues, At least buddy. that's You're where it used to them. be. No? Right? Yeah. Isn't that right? She's not going to agree with you. Just okay. go. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Let me think. <laughs> I was given very clear yes. instructions, yes. All right, and the, I am a rule follower. Mm-hmm. All right. And the bridge and the TV show thing. Um, see, I just got to believe that there was a bridge in a TV show. There's so many bridges. Right? So, like, you know. I could buy that, although I don't know what TV show that would have been, right? What TV show would that have been? Stop stalling and guess. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on. And then <laughs> the political science. So the, the problem, the politi- I think you've, you've, either you've overcomplicated the political science because you give me, it's too much, or it's exactly just. All right, I'm going to go, I'm going to say that the Steelers and the Panthers are definitely, I'm going to go with her district. I'm going to say, so that's one of the truths. Okay, okay. keep going. All right. And then I have to pick one of these things here. Yeah. All right. So, so eight years to that. All right. Uh, I'm going to say the bridge is not true. So you're going with the bridge is the lie. Correct. What is it, Jess? Uh, the first one. So I did graduate with double majors in political science and communication in 2012, mm-hmm. but it was not from the University of Pittsburgh. I know where See, it this is. This is too tough. Yeah, it was yeah. Bethel University of Minnesota. Exactly. Yeah, Bethel University of Minnesota. Yeah. How'd you get to Bethel University of Minnesota? It's my mom's alma mater. Is that and right? so when I was the oldest kid, right, kid of a pastor, uh-huh. trying to get far mm-hmm. away, um, <laughs> yeah. I said, huh. One place halfway across the country I can go, mm-hmm. and that was it. Yeah. How, how big is that school? It's tiny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. I so, I think I probably personally knew everybody in my graduating class. Didn't you get your you got your master's there too, right? I got so, my master's at Minnesota State Mankato. There you go. Oh wow. And then so she was at Pittsburgh only for her PhD. Wait, what? What was the master's in? So I have two masters actually. Yep. Um, one of them, the one from MSU Mankato, was in was in communication. Okay. And the second one from Pitt is in bioethics. So I, I wonder if Jess has more degrees than anyone else in our caucus. Probably. Oh, that's a it's a question. I have five. Yeah. yeah. So it could be. Yeah. Hmm. Well, all right. You know what? That should I should have gone my gut. See, sometimes I think when you give too much, the only reason why, if it was anybody but Jess, because you if you. My gut was that you gave me too much. It wasn't right. But then I was like, you know, Jess, mm-hmm. she, it just sounds like I should have. But what's the TV show? So I, Birmingham Bridge is half in my district, yes. The other yeah, half is, you know, across know the, the river. It's called The Fringe. The Fringe. I think it was on FX. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, they film huh. so much. Mm-hmm. I do. Right. They do. Well, that listen. one, that's why I was like, oh, that one's going right. to be easy. Well, we're, we're well gonna, you would yeah. think, right? Because the the market house in mm-hmm. Southside, but that's not actually my district. That's in Arians. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of the filming in Southside is in the 19th, uh, not in the 36th. Mm-hmm. 
Well, look, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna edit that out, and we're gonna. <laughs> We're no, we're not. Yeah, I'm very proud of Ian. Ian does all the digging. Ah, so Ian is the reason that Dan right, lost. We're, we're, we're going to, yeah, we'll cut that apart. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So you know what, Jess, I tell you, I, so uh, we're so glad to have you here. And one of the things that you and I share in common, obviously for uh, some, some different reasons as well, of course, but we do share in com uh, common a big interest here to promote and discuss and sort of elevate and every other positive word we could think about, um, uh, issues uh, that champion uh, disability um, and, you know, trying tough in, in, this, in this type of political environment we're in on an issue that should get more bipartisan support. But how do, how do we, you know, make progress on this front? But we champion it, and, and I know you do, and I, you and I have done a couple of bills, I, I know for sure as well. But uh, perhaps you can just uh, maybe share um, how your interest, why did you pick disability to be a big focus for you? Yeah, so I think for me, disability is personal because of who I am as a human being. Uh, I talk really openly about being autistic. I think that's one of the things that a lot of people know about me in the disability space. And I think the thing that people don't notice as much, even though I talk about it, is the fact that I also have a physical disability. I have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, which is a connective tissue disorder. And it's, you know, fun party tricks. Like I can, you know, on the, on the podcast, people aren't going to see this bit, but I'll just show you how far back I can bend. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and it's she's a little showing scary. something with her hand. Yeah. Just yeah. so everybody's, mm -hmm. yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Go I can ahead. bend my fingers in all kinds of ways that yes. look really gross. Um, but small <laughs> yeah. children think it's, it's highly entertaining. What people don't realize is connective tissue is everywhere. So it's not just fun party tricks. Uh, and so that has implications for everything from, you know, your heart to your lungs to, um, to reproduction, which is what I was talking about it in the context earlier today at the Women's Health Caucus at press conference this morning mm -hmm. to talk about how dangerous um, being pregnant can be for women with my condition or women with a variety of, of disabilities or chronic health conditions. So my interest in disability, I think, is, is really broad. And so often people think disability policy is like a specific niche thing. But really, it's about how do we see disability in every area of policy? Uh, no, I, I couldn't agree more. It is uh, such a, a, a big lens. Uh, and the, the question I often find is, you know, how can we get some of our friends, especially on the other side of the aisle, uh, to, to uh, maybe not view everything through. I can't say that we're, I, I don't know if we're going to get that lucky, but that they can at least see that there is a lens, right? And they should hopefully be aware of it and hopefully grab it and let it kind of almost get into their view a little bit more than it is now. And know? I think we're getting there a little bit, right? So oh, yeah, I love your optimism. I hope <laughs> so. <laughs> well, we do have some you know, bipartisan, bicameral caucuses now on disability issues. Uh, and I think... You know, we have one now that's the Disability and Employment mm -hmm. Caucus. Um, right. We have, you know, the Intellectual Disability and Autism Caucus. There's a, a number of them, um, Mental Health Caucus, things like that. And I think as we start to broaden the number of issues that people see disability in relation to, maybe we'll see some movement and, and shift there. Well, I, I hope so. I um, Let me ask you this. When you... Um, and and I, I remember a bit about your first campaign, but just for the, the conversation here, um, how much did you uh, talk from the beginning 
um, about your disability disabilities. How, how much did you know that you were going to be focusing on this from the get-go? Yeah, I, you know, it's an interesting question because it never really occurred to me to not talk about it. Disability is something people told me, oh, well, this could be a liability. And I said, no, it's, it's something people relate to about me. You know, most people either have a health condition or a health challenge themselves or someone, a close friend or family member does. And for a lot of people, you know, I will knock a door and people will say, oh, you're my rep. Um, you, it's something with autism, right? Something with the autism. Um, yeah, and yeah. <laughs> they don't necessarily remember that I'm the one who's on the spectrum. They, you know, they can't remember if it's me or family or whatever. But that is, I think, for a lot of people, a, a sort of touchstone for, for who I am. And in terms of my focus on policy, I mean, like I said, because of who I am, it just sort of colors the way I see every issue. And so I sometimes say that because folks with disabilities are impacted more um, intensely Mm -hmm. than other groups of people on a number of policy issues, that that makes me fight harder. Well, there's no doubt. I, what I love about it for you, uh, and, and look, I, I don't have a diagnosis with it, right? So, um, you know, there's limits here to what the, um, you know, the, you know, of what I can bring to conversations. Or I, I think I'm occasionally helpful, but there are times when definitely, um, you know, there's a difference. Uh, I, uh, I have to um, decide to grab that lens and to try and view something through it. Uh, that's just your lens. Right. So that's just a difference. So I, it's interesting because I, I always knew that I would spend some time on disability and mental health when I came in. To be honest, I, I did not expect it to be the, the need to be as great because um, even though I came in with a couple issues that I wanted to do and talk about with it, you know, once you get into this arena, and I know this is something that has happened to you, once people are aware that you're that advocate or one of their advocates for something with it, then you're going to get phone calls and outreach and social media, um, you know, from at almost not just uh, Allegheny County, but across the state, they're going to reach out. Oh, absolutely. You know, and it's, it's interesting because I spend a lot of time on issues that most people would say have nothing to do with disability. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I'm, tenant and and renter and homeowner related issues, housing, things like that, Um, liquor related issues, since I do represent part of Southside, you know, and uh, issues around education and things like that. But, you know, all of those issues touch on the issue of disability in ways that people don't necessarily think about, right? There's no doubt. Yeah, and I think that's what's great about your uh, your perspective, uh, and and as you know, with it, I love the fact that you're willing to share so much, uh, and I think it's very important. I love, you know, we talk about this in a variety of ways, of course, up here, uh, but it's so important in the disability community for people to look into the house, right, and be able to have that touchstone where they can see themselves, right, and to a fair degree, like you reflect something to a whole bunch of uh, adults and young people. Uh, to which even five years, but 10, 20, surely, uh, would, would not have been seen. Oh, right. absolutely not, right? And certainly not so openly. Right. You know, I think there are more folks with developmental disabilities who are in elected office than people are necessarily aware of. 
Uh, and certainly, if people don't know what to look for, they're not going to notice those things about me that I think reveal that I'm autistic to people who kind of know right. what to look for. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if, if for, for our listeners, um, you know, I think Dan can probably see I'm filling with a ring. Um, and I, I do that often. I'll fiddle with whatever it is that I'm drinking. I will, um, you know, mess with whatever jewelry that I'm wearing, things like that. And to most people, it probably just sort of looks like a nervous habit. But for people who know what to look for, right. then they see there's, you know, that's the autism there. Well, it, there's no doubt. And I think it's just, again, so great that you share so much with it. And let's, let's take a quick pause here because you do have a couple bills. Right. And so what I'm going to do is I want to mix them up. <laughs> I'm going to mix them up because there's so many and I know we're, we're not going to be able to really dig into too much. All right. Let me pull out one here. Let's see this bill here. OK. Um, this one here is. Oh, this was done with uh, Rep Schusterman and uh, Rep Sterla uh, and had to do with allowing students uh, receiving special education services to repeat a grade level due to COVID-19. This one came out. This is back, of course, in February 21. So right sort of in the beginning of the session, we're still dealing with some of the worst challenges of the pandemic. Um, but uh, maybe you could share a little bit here. Why did you get into this? What was this bill looking to address? Absolutely. So we know that for kids, both those with and without disabilities, there was significant learning loss during the COVID-19 pandemic and virtual learning and and all of those things. But certainly for kids with disabilities, those with IEPs, 504 plans, they saw much more learning loss than their more typical peers. And this piece of legislation, we did get something very similar into, I think, the school code in the budget that year, if I'm remembering right. So this is something that went somewhere. Mm -hmm. And, you know, allowing kids with disabilities the opportunity to to make up some of that learning loss that they were experiencing was important. We want to make sure that we level that playing field. You know, uh, I always say with it that no matter what your challenge was before the pandemic, it largely was worth after the pandemic absolutely right so you know and it's tough it's uh you know we're definitely aware of those success stories that there were and there were some some kids uh, both typical and atypical found means of success but the challenges that often face so many kids with ieps um what might be one shovel down for a a kid a typical kid could be three shovels down uh for an atypical kid so uh but no surprise no surprise about your focus on that um, let's see another one. What did I pull out here? Okay. This one here is with Rep Sims. Rep Sims. Uh, this one here, you were mandating visual uh, detection, uh, smoke, fire alarms, carbon monoxide detectors um, for properties rented by a deaf or hard of hearing tenant. Yes. So here's that intersection with housing. Mm. You know, often people will think about housing accessibility issues on well, you know, or in Pittsburgh, there's a lot of uh, units that are two or three steps up for lots of stairs to get up to a second floor apartment, no elevator. But here's an area of accessibility that people aren't necessarily thinking about, which is if you are a, a tenant who is deaf or hard of hearing, you have to have your landlord's permission to make significant changes to your apartment. And that's if you can even afford to make them those changes anyway so for most of these tenants they have to get permission to make the type of changes that would allow them to 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 live safely and well 
in their apartment. Absolutely. I mean, then this goes broadly for anyone who is living in a space and wants to make it more for their liking, right? Most leases prohibit you making extensive changes to the space. Maybe they will allow you to paint, but then you have to repaint it. You're not going to see a lease that permits you to install a ramp or cause the kind of damage that installing a stairlift might cause. And certainly in this case, when you're talking about visual smoke detectors and smoke alarms, to make those sorts of changes to the electrical wiring, I mean, dependent on the municipality, you might need an electrician to pull a permit. There's, you know, all kinds of, of issues with that where you would need the landlord's permission. And that's even assuming and this is not true for most people who rent, that you have the right. financial ability to make those changes. You know, and, and the not having, by the way, not having the financial component um, is such a major factor, you know, in, in, in so much with it. So, um, so when we're looking at, yeah. for example, that the whole home repairs bill, right, and the funding so it can be used for accessibility issues, right? Well, that goes to the landlord. Yeah. Um, and it's there's many requirements in place. It's a forgivable loan, all of those things. But when I look at a bill like this that says, hey, landlord, you have a responsibility by request of the tenant to make this place safe for that tenant. Well, now we have a funding source for that, yeah. for those landlords to make well, those know, changes. I, and two things popped in mind for me on this. is One is, again, the point about funding. Uh, it's like the same thing with the ABLE Act, right, which... You know, we are very glad to be involved in. I helped uh, write um, the first bill that that was out there, um, but again, th- it's very nice to be able to to put that money away right in those specially designed five twenty nine accounts, um, assuming you have the money to put away. Well, right. Exactly. So, so I mean that that's a, that's a key, yeah. Th- I mean that's a key component for it. And and look, the second thing uh, with it too is that I love how. You're, you're talking about that intersectionality, too. I mean, we have to get um, the ADA only goes so far, right? So uh, a good federal bill largely changing so much in the public arena for access and some questions there. But uh, that, that doesn't really a large part of the public. I'm sorry, the private arena. It doesn't address. And you still have things where employment and housing that need to see that focus from the legislature oh, to really expand opportunity for people. Yeah, I mean, especially when you're thinking about the ADA, which you would have to sue in order to realize your rights under under the ADA. You know, it you're not gonna go to your local magistrate and be like, my landlord didn't do X, Y, and Z, and the reason the landlord should do this is because of the ADA. Your magistrate's gonna laugh at you. But if there is a bill that the state legislature has passed that says, hey, upon request of your deaf or hard of hearing tenant, you must install these things. That's right. a different story. Well, I love it, and and let's take a look at another one here. Now, this one, this one here, you did it with with uh, with me, so uh, <laughs> so I appreciate that here with it. This one here, though, was uh, we we uh, did a bill that would create the Department of Accessibility and Inclusion uh, for uh, brevity and often uh, because I know, I know when you and I were designing this bill, we we talked about some of the successes in other states like Maryland, where they had created a Secretary of Disabilities, of what is what. They officially called it, but no matter what you ended up calling it, the whole point was that we would create a a, uh, a cabinet level advisor to the governor 
with set responsibilities that um, would hopefully bring about that sort of lens into every decision that we were kind of talking about. But uh, uh, but I was glad to work with you on this. Uh, what was your thoughts as we were kind of digging this one around? Yeah, I mean, my thoughts, I think you and I have talked previously about how disability used to be and should be a bipartisan issue. Mm-hmm. And I think we're at a point in history where we're just bipartisanly bad at it. And that's because we don't tend to prioritize and listen to the voices of people with disabilities on on either side of the aisle. Folks in our party are just about as guilty of that as as folks on on the other side of the aisle. Uh, They're just maybe a little less aware. And I think when you have a cabinet level position, that prioritizes those voices, regardless of who is serving in the governor's mansion, that that makes, makes a difference. Oh, no doubt. I mean, and look, the reality of it is, too, is that the number of Americans uh, and Pennsylvanians with disabilities is not decreasing. Right. So it is it is, it is and especially too. I it was interesting. You know, I know you helped us with a, uh, you've always been involved in one way or the other with a lot of our disability and mental health summit work. Um, one of the things that we ended up changing in that summit was we ended up starting off focusing on children and youth. So disability and mental health issues for children and youth. Um, and then we just started re- realizing not only was there adult issues, but also senior issues when it comes up on the disability front. And so when you actually take the entire spectrum for this discussion of age of disabilities, right, it is a massive percentage of Pennsylvanians and a high number of families. You're not talking like six degrees of separation. It's basically one. Everybody has a family, a loved one whatever their age and whatever their diagnosis, you know disability or should know disability in your family. Oh, absolutely. And I think it depends on what you consider to be disability as well. So much of that is environmental, right? If we talk about, do you have the ability to age in place? Do you live in a house that is already fairly physically accessible or that you have the financial resources to make those modifications or to hire someone to take care of you, all of those things that may make disability seem less salient of a term in your life or in your family. But for for most Pennsylvanians, especially as they're aging, yeah. you know, given financial constraints, given our aging housing stock as well, right. You know, it's it's something that everyone shares. By the way, I don't know if that mic is picking up that banging, but uh, <laughs> I don't know what that is. We'll do but, our best to edit that out. Uh, yeah, there's. Yeah, I don't. You hear that? Yeah. I don't know if somebody's trying to break something. in. I don't know. We're, great. we're done with votes. I'm not quite sure what we have going on. But you know, look, it's uh, yeah. There's no doubt, and it was interesting because all of a sudden we, especially on the visual impairment side, this is what got us really into some senior disability issues. Was just all of a sudden coming to grips with what the numbers already tell us in that arena. Um, And so, look, we do a very good job or a better job now with our, up until COVID, our life expectancy going up into, you know, uh, to new heights, and that's fantastic. By the same token, of course, there's all of those other issues that come up. It's great that you have the the body capable of living to such uh, years. but there's uh, where's your dignity, how, you know, all those types of matters that come up there. And what also doesn't do well. So physically your body may do well. It doesn't mean your mind might be as sharp as you would hope. Absolutely. You know, so. And, you know, again, so much of that. Uh, we were talking about my grandma earlier. My grandma just recently passed from Alzheimer's. And 
I, I think it's about where we put our, our money too. Uh, and so much of that's contextual. So one of the things, my, my grandpa was, a, was an eye doc and my grandma was a nurse. And they used to spend their summers in rural China doing cataract surgeries in a pop-up trailer. Oh, wow. Because in China, the number one cause of blindness is cataracts, mm. which sounds weird yeah. to those of us in the United States where cataract surgery is easily accessible for common. the most part, very common. Yeah. You know, it's, it's even the mo- in the most rural parts of our country, it is rare to hear of someone where the cause of their blindness is a simple cataract. But in rural China, that's very common. Mm. And so in that case, very disabling for people yeah. in, in rural China. And that was something that my grandparents spent time addressing. You know, it's, it's um, and this is why, you know, I appreciate all the work that you do. And I wanted to be sure to, to grab you here right in the beginning stretch of our uh, podcast. Uh, and we'll look forward, obviously, God, God willing, I know we're not a political podcast. We do have some elections that will come up. Hopefully you and I will have more conversations as they come. And we have more bills too. It's like, I, you know, I know you're hard at work here and it's, you know, I was like, well, you know, are we going to have time to talk about the special education payments to charter schools? And then I was like, well, I'll just do what the Republicans do and ignore it. So there we go. <laughs> um, so, you know, yeah, but, uh, so, uh, but there are so many more things here with it too, that, that are coming up uh, forward. And I know you do a great job representing your district. So, you know, look, as, you know, what I, the, the great thing for it, Jess, is that I, I tell you, I love watching the bills that you bring up. I, I know that you work so hard in your district with it, but you are an important voice for our caucus. And I just think it's um, it's fantastic uh, to see, especially as you get more terms. You're, you're, I know your um, you know your constituents love what you're doing. They keep sending you in no matter what happens. They're sending you oh, oh, back here, and that's fantastic. And I think they're going to continue to be amazed at what you, the issues you bring up. So I want to thank you for your work that you do and bringing up things that, that, uh, for too long haven't been brought up, you know? So, uh, that's a key thing. So with that, uh, I'm going to thank Jess and Rep Benham. Uh, I, I, do you, when, when people stop you and, uh, and you're walking down to Brookline Boulevard and they say, Oh, hi, Rep Benham. But do you, do you still like the Rep Benham? What do you prefer? <laughs> I've never liked Rep Benham. <laughs> like, Rep Benham comes out when there's a lobbyist who's getting a little too friendly. Okay, right. that's when you pull out. Uh, You're like, it's oh, Rep Benham. Yes, it's Rep yeah. Benham. Yeah. So that's, you know, and, yeah. and that really only goes for folks who immediately address me fami- like with a level of familiarity that they have not earned in mm-hmm. the kind of Harrisburg space. Right. Otherwise, in the district, it's yeah. just Jess. So we yes. like bump in at Peterland, which is one of my favorite places in Brook. I'm going to miss representing that part. Uh, Peterland, they are. Fa- have you, you, you know, I've Peterland. been to Peterland, but it, you know, all the cool kids hang out at Red's Good News in Brookline. Well, look, so. I hear you, but all I'm saying is that <laughs> Peterland's hummus is like tremendous. That's it's, fine. Yeah. Carry it up to Red's and eat it <laughs> okay. outside at the picnic table. That's fine. I'm just. I kind of want that hummus now. Jess, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, everybody, thank you for listening uh, to this edition, uh, this sort of Better Know A District on On the Table. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for having me.